الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر ان الانسان لفي خسر الا الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters this very short surah of the quran sharif is a lesson that we have been given many times and among the pious predecessors often when they would meet each other so before they could depart they would advise one another by the recitation of the surah it's a complete lesson and this is a lesson that we have to engrave on our hearts the lesson of time no matter how often we discuss this and how many times we may have heard it but the big question is how much of this reality of the value of time has come into our hearts and minds and has translated into action Sheikh Hazrat Mawasha Hakim Mohd Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah Alayhi He quoted his Sheikh Hazrat Mawasha Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah Alayhi That once he walked out of his house It was a hot summer's day And the summers in India In some parts of India gets, it gets very hot in the middle of summer the temperatures will go up to 40 degrees 45 degrees so it's extremely hot so it was a summer day and around midday he came out of his house when he came out of his house during midday at that time very few people are walking around because of the severe heat now this is a village and therefore you hardly get anybody really outdoors at that time he came out for some work of his what had happened was that some person some poor person had gone to the town and he had bought a block of ice so this is something that used to be very common person would buy a block of ice from the town and bring it to the village now people in the village let alone having freezers there was no electricity So on a hot day some person will come and he'll buy one piece of that ice so he'll chop off a piece and give it to him another person one piece and in this way he will make some profit out of selling that ice that block of ice he will chop up pieces as people come along and give them these pieces of ice so when he came out this person this poor villager had this block of ice there but that day was a very hot day and there was hardly anybody walking around and he might have been there for a while 
waiting for some customers to come. Now it is obvious what the position that that block of ice is dripping away. This is what will happen to the ice in the heat that will be dripping away and every drop that keeps going down there is no way that it's going to come back. You can't make it ice again. It's gone into the sand. So this person might have been waiting from a while and getting desperate now because he can't save this. It's not something that he can leave it for another time. That okay, today there's no customers. Take it and put it. He's got no freezer to put it into. So when finally Hazrat Mawla Shah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullahi happened to just come out and pass it here, this person in almost desperation, he looked at him and he said, please, please buy something from me. Because he was now looking at the end of the day that if I don't use this up by selling it, I don't get some money in return, at the end of the day I am going to be without any ice and without any money because I spent the money already in buying this block of ice. So the money that I had, now he's a poor villager, he probably now was counting on the profit of that day to fulfill the day's needs. Now let alone the profit, even the capital the original amount that he spent, that is now dripping away. Forget the prophet. So that says that when I saw the desperation on him, that how desperate he was, and he's pleading, please buy something from me. Now, the Ahlullah, they don't take things on face value. They don't just look at something and, well, something came and went. We look at so many things, but it doesn't affect us in any way. We don't take any lesson from it. Whereas the Ahlullah take a lesson from everything. We discussed the incident of Hazrat Rabia Basriya Rahmatullah some time ago that somebody presented a roasted chicken in front of her. And when she saw that roasted chicken in front of her, she started crying. Now, this was a strange thing that when somebody puts a roasted chicken in front of us, then we don't cry. Yes, there's some different, this water was coming out from her eyes our tongue starts watering. So, now she, instead of her tongue starting to water, her eyes are flowing with tears and she's crying. So somebody asked her eventually that what is the problem? Has something happened? This chicken was presented to you and you started crying? She said, no, I'm not crying about the chicken itself, that why was this chicken given to me to eat? But my mind went away in a different direction. Now this is the Ahlullah. And these are people whose hearts are focused towards Allah Ta'ala. That when they see something, no matter what that might be, we will see something and it will attack us differently. We will see some garden, for example, beautiful lush garden, excellent some house, beautifully built house and a lush garden. Now this is a ni'mat from Allah Ta'ala if somebody got it in a halal way. But now that person got it in a halal way, Mubarak to him. Allah Ta'ala give him barakat in it. Allah Ta'ala enable him to benefit from it. Allah Ta'ala save him from becoming proud over it. Allah Ta'ala protect him from this becoming a means of arrogance. So, Mubarak to him. But for us, now we see that. And what happens to us? Immediately, our mind goes that I wish I had this also. Now, I can't have this. So, how can I now get something better than what I have but what's the end result what I have is good enough 
but the greed sets in and the love of the world and what I can't achieve now depresses me why can't I have this that person has got it why can't I have it and as a result now we become ungrateful to Allah Ta'ala for all his limitless and countless bounties why because we're looking at something that somebody else has which we apparently don't have and therefore we forgot all the countless ni'mats that Allah Ta'ala blessed us with but now why because we are looking at somebody else's things with the wrong way of looking at it so now already our mind went away into how can I have this here now so now what I got is not good enough so now how can well if I can't have this I must have something better than what I have if I can't get it in the right way then na'uzubillah then in the wrong way and if somebody is now pious in the sense that has that amount of taqwa that I won't steal I won't lie I won't cheat but the person is now miserable there's a miserable feeling in the heart but I don't have this and that person has it and I go to walk and that person is driving in a car and I'm driving an I-10 and that person is a, in a GTI my eye is in the front and his eye is in the end so he's gone how many steps ahead so now because he's in a GTI then I am depressed and I am depressed 10 times because I'm in an I-10 so all this is as a result of not focusing correctly whereas the Ahlullah there was a very great personality who lived in this country and who was the Ustad of many many of the great ulama that are present in our country at the moment Hazrat Hafiz Abdurrahman Miyasa who passed away some years back about 8-10 years back and he was the Ustad of many many of the senior ulama some of the names we might be familiar with Hazrat Mawad Abdul Hamid Ishaq Sahib the principal of Dalnum Azadwal the principal of our madrasa in Spingo Beach Hazrat Mufti Ibrahim Salihi Sahib and other great ulama and mashayikh he was their ustad so a person of that caliber and whenever he would come to a place of this nature then the lesson he would give others also and this is what he would immediately turn his mind towards the statement that Nabi Sallallahu made when he came out on the occasion of the battle of the trench and Nabi Sallallahu saw the sahaba in this middle of winter bitterly cold anybody who has been in Medina Manowara in the midst of winter they would know it's beyond the winters of Johannesburg so it's bitterly cold and they didn't have all these very very luxurious garments winter garments to keep themselves warm and then with this bitter cold there's no food they are extremely hungry to the extent that they've got stones tied to their bellies and this extreme cold this extreme hunger and they is doing in them with all this extremely hard work they are busy digging a deep trench which was about 10 hand spans deep like about more than 5-6 meters deep and wide about 10 hand spans wide and it's rocky ground can we imagine what a difficult task and they didn't have all the machinery that we have nowadays being dug by hand so number one severe cold if our we are in that kind of cold our hand is shivering so much we can't hold a pen they are holding these implements digging implements like a hoe etc in the severe cold 
and so hungry that they got stones tied to their bellies and this difficult task of digging this trench and Nabi Salaam comes out and he sees this difficulty that they are going through and this mujahada uh, that they are making this striving that they are undertaking for what? for the sake of Allah Ta'ala Nabi Salaam sees this and he says Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhirah faghfiril ansara wal muhajira oh Allah the real life is the life of the akhirat there is some difficulty here there is some hunger here there is some pain here there is some uh, illnesses here whatever other difficulties come there are all kinds of worries anxieties pressures all these things happen in dunya Nabi Islam is seeing now can we imagine we haven't we can't even imagine this let alone have ever experience it in that severe cold bare necessary level of clothing so not something that can protect them from the cold so hungry that stones are tied to their bellies have we ever experienced hunger to that extent ever and then this hard job and Nabi Islam is reminding them of what his mind he is taking their minds also to the reality that the reality is akhirat dunya this world is a very temporary place so Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhirah Ya Allah the real life is the life of the akhirat faghfiril ansara wal muhajira Ya Allah my sahaba the muhajireen the ansar they are undertaking this, muha- this mujahada this striving for your deen Ya Allah you forgive them Ya Allah you make their maghfirat give them the highest stages in the akhirat when the sahaba hear this from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they respond also نَحْنُ الَّذِينَ بَايَعُوا مُحَمَّدَ عَلَى الْجِهَادِ مَا بَقِينَا أَبَدَ that we are the ones yes we are feeling the cold we are extremely hungry we are feeling the difficulty of this task but we are the people who have taken bayat have pledged our allegiance on the hands of Rasulullah Wasallam that we will continue serving deen till our last breath we will continue making an effort and undertaking mujahada for the service of deen till our last breath so this was their outlook and this was what Nabi Salaam taught that focus correctly in difficulties also focus correctly because when the focus will be correct that this dunya is a very temporary place then the difficulty will become half as bad the intensity of the difficulty will drop because we will be focusing correctly we will not be now overwhelmed and even in prosperity so we were talking about this great personality Hafiz Abdurrahman Miyasa he would come or he would see anything of this nature see one very very fancy car one beautiful lush garden some house some palatial home immediately on his tongues would be this on his tongue would be this same statement of Rasulullah these words of Rasulullah Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhirah Ya Allah the real life is the life of the akhirat in other words Ya Allah save my heart from getting attracted and distracted by this somebody's halal ni'mat Allah Ta'ala make mubarak for him Allah Ta'ala give him barakat in it Allah Ta'ala give him all the good out of it but my heart must not get trapped in it my heart must not get inclined to it my heart must be focused to the akhirat then I myself will be very happy with what Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with because if the heart is focused to the akhirat then the heart is not desiring and yearning for dunya all the time. 
The heart is not greedy to now keep updating and upgrading and I must have the better phone and the better shoes and the better garments and this better and that better and all the time in this rat race of dunya that won't become the case. But the person will be content. Allah, Allah bless with something more. Alhamdulillah. Make sure on that too. But that focus will not be dunya. The focus will be akhirat. So this was the way Nabi Islam taught how to turn the mind to the correct direction. So likewise, we digressed from the incident of Hazrat Rabia Basriya Rahmatullahi that she said that this chicken, when it was placed to, in front of me, my mind went somewhere else. My mind went to another reality, to the, to the reality itself. And she said that my mind went to this, that how fortunate this chicken is. How fortunate this chicken is. Now somebody would wonder, do chicken also become fortunate? So she is saying, yes, how fortunate this chicken is. In which regard? That it was first slaughtered. After it was slaughtered, correctly, Zaba was made. So it was slaughtered, then its life came out. So now it was lifeless. After having been made lifeless, first slaughtered and being made lifeless, then it was skinned, then it was now cleaned, whatever, and then it was roasted. So it was roasted in a condition that it was lifeless. So how fortunate this chicken is, that before it was roasted in this fire, its life was already gone. So it meant nothing to it. Its life is gone. It's dead. It was slaughtered properly and now it's lifeless. So no pain to it, no suffering, nothing. And Allah forbid, Allah forbid, if I don't gain the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala and I'm thrown into Jahannam, I will be roasted alive. I will be roasted alive. This chicken was roasted after its life was gone, lifeless. So it felt no pain. Allah forbid that if I am thrown into Jahannam, I will be roasted alive. My mind went in that direction. And that is what made me cry. It wasn't that why was a chicken given to me to eat. This is the ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. I will consume it. But my mind went away in this direction. So this is the lesson that we have to focus correctly. And this time that Allah Ta'ala has given us, when a person has the correct focus, this is where we had started off from and this was our lesson, the lesson of time, that this time is that very, very valuable commodity. And it is dripping away every second, every millisecond, it is dripping away. That ice that is dripping away, that ice on some day, so in fact, we were talking about this ice cellar. Hazrat Shadul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah he says, on that occasion, the value of life became apparent to me. We went on from this incident, but perhaps it wasn't completed. That Hazrat Shadul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah came out and he saw this ice cellar and he saw his eyes dripping away. And he then he explained later, because this is a lesson he took. Now we see so many things, but we don't take any lesson. Now he saw this ice dripping and he saw this person in desperation saying, please buy something. He's trying to make it valuable. He's trying to gain something beneficial out of this ice. How is he going to gain something beneficial? It must get sold. So now he's desperately trying to sell it. He's trying to make that drops 
worth its while. So Shah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah Alayhi, he says, I understood the value of time on that occasion. That our life is like that fixed block of ice. That ice block is whatever size it is. So it is 20 centimeters by 10 centimeters, whatever the case is. Now that is it. There is nothing more that you can fill in there now. And that water is dripping, the drops are dripping away. So our life is also fixed. We have come with a fixed lifespan. Somebody 60 years, somebody 70 years, somebody 50, somebody 40, somebody 20, somebody 10. How many people pass away at 10 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old? Are we somebody that has got some kind of reservation and some kind of certificate to say that you're going to live till 25, till 30, till 50, till 100? Nobody knows even whether we will see the end of this, this day. The end of this day also we have no guarantee. Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat, Allah Ta'ala protect us. Allah Ta'ala protect us from a sudden death. Because a sudden death, a person doesn't even have the chance of tawbah. And many times it happens, people just go suddenly. Sometimes Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat and protect us and save us. There's an accident, person is gone. He was here now and he's gone. There was no chance for him to say one word, for him to utter anything, for him to think anything. The moment time is gone, people, some mishap happens, some accident takes place and in seconds the person is gone. So we have come with a fixed lifespan and we don't know how long it is. We don't know whether we have got 10 years left, 1 year left, 1 month left, 1 week left. That is the reality. We don't know whether we got one week left. Could be any one of us. It could be me. It could be any one of us. We could have got one week left. We may have got one day left. Allah knows best. We don't know. So this is the time that is ticking away. And if somebody knew for sure, if it was 100% confirmed to them somehow, that you've got one month left, not one day, not one week, one month that's it this is it one month's time confirmed 100% if somehow it could have been nobody knows but if this could have been the case how will we spend that one month and after that one month is the akhirat we're going to have to lie in our graves alone we're going to have to face the angels in the grave we're going to have to answer to Allah Ta'ala on the day of qiyamah and then it's either Jannat or Jahannam. How will a person spend this one month? How many brides will have? Not anything haram to have a bride, but there are other aspects also to consider in that. That many a times in that bride, there's so many haram things that happen because of the bride. There's intermingling happening, all free for all, because it's a fun occasion now. So the Males, females, boys, girls, everybody intermingling. Then there must be some music, Allah forbid also. Or whatever else carries on. Now we know beforehand that this is going to be a function where there's haram taking place. And I've got one week left. One month left. One week left. So how many such functions will attend? How many novels we will read? How many WhatsApp messages we'll want to be involved in? And how many chats we will get caught up in and how many clicks we will want to become part of
unfortunately, all these things harm us in so many ways. Yet, we can't see the reality in it that these social media and getting into these groups, social media groups and these cliques that we form on a general note, these are things that happen out in society, wherever. Now a person knows we've got just this much of time left in life. How will we spend that time? The reality is that we probably have lesser than that time. Allah knows best. We don't know. The reality could be that we have probably lesser than that time. So now a person who is intelligent, then a person doesn't say that, well, you know what, we need to pass time. We need to pass some time. Time is passing. We don't need to pass the time. Whether we try to pass it or not, the time is passing us. And Hazrat Hassan Basri, rahmatullahi, he gave the advice to his students and said to them, that what are you? What are you? Can we define ourselves? If somebody is told to define themselves, what am I? So there are many ways in which a person can do it. All might be correct also. Or many might be correct. He defined, he said, what you are in a very different way, very unique way. In order to give the same lesson, he said, what you are in reality, you are a collection of moments. You are a collection of moments. Like for example now, there's a house. So a house has been built by putting together so many things. Each brick and the sand and stone and the rest of the... So everything is a part of that house. Now you break one brick out of it, that much the house now has been broken. It's lessened. And likewise, whatever else, eventually there will be no house left. So, or like you take a glass of water, so every drop is a part of it. Now one drop fell out, that's gone. So, so much less. So he said accordingly, that what you are in reality, you are a collection of moments. Your lifespan, that's your moments. And every moment that has gone, one bit of you has gone forever. From dunya. One bit of you has gone away forever from dunya. People celebrate their birthdays. Very happy. They are celebrating. But a celebration of birthdays has got no basis in deen. It's totally a custom of the kuffar. To start off with, this is a different topic altogether. But sometimes people come to ask that is it permissible to celebrate birthdays? So the first question I ask them is that when, what is your birthday? So they give some date for example, 21st of January. So you see, is that your birthday? Say, yes, that's my birthday. Say, but what has January got to do with us? Our Hazrat Wala Hazrat Mawashaki Mawadakhtar Sahib Rahmatullah used to say that uh, the English calendar also starts off in a very strange way. Now in the Urdu, in Urdu, Janwar. Janwar means animal. So he says that this first month of their calendar also is January. In other words, something linked to the animal. I used to play with the word January, 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 now in Urdu it says January. So he said this too is the whole start is on an animal note, Janwar. So we got nothing to do with the Janwar, that's just out of sheer 
need that because this has become, we are living in a, as a minority in a non-Muslim country, so this is a calendar that is used for all official dates and so on. So we use it on that level. Otherwise, our calendar is the Islamic calendar. We got nothing to do with December and January, but just out of necessity, we then keep track of it accordingly. But our calendar is the Islamic calendar. So what is your birthday? Do you know your birthday? Was it in Muharram or Safar or Rabiul Awal? Which month it happened? Which date? No, I don't know. So what birthday are you celebrating then? You don't even know the date. So what birthday are you going to celebrate? So then you're really in the January side of it. So to start off with, there is no celebration of birthday in Deen. And secondly, you want to celebrate a birthday, but you don't even know the date. And your date that you're corresponding with is the January side of it. So in any case, the lesson here is that people celebrate their birthdays. What are they celebrating? They are celebrating that so much of me has already been lost. It's gone forever. So much of my life, because I've come with a fixed amount of time. So now for example, somebody knows for sure, they've got 20 years to live. 20 years and they're going to be gone. Now every year they'll throw a big party. Now 18 years gone. 18 years gone now. I've got only 2 years left, so I'm celebrating now because 18 years of my life is gone. Will that person celebrate? Every time that now that that date comes, you'll be more concerned now. Not time for celebration, time for additional concern. Time that now time is running out. Time is running out. I don't have enough time left. So what am I going to waste my time celebrating? I got to be now increasing my concern. So Allah knows best. That is now somebody at the age of 18 has got two more years and they're more concerned. We don't know whether we got two days left. So, Hassan Basri Rahmatullah says that what are you? You are a collection of moments. And every moment that goes away is gone forever. So don't try to pass time. Time is passing us. Try to make time. Try to make that time valuable. Try to make that time profitable. Otherwise that drop of ice now as it's dripping away, that can't be saved. That's gone. If you made it profitable, you sold it, now you got the money for it. So likewise, we used that time correctly. Then we saved it. We banked it in the akhirat. And the benefit of that will come to us in the akhirat. And the barakat of that will come to us in dunya as well. If we used that time correctly. There was the great muhaddis, Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, who wrote the world famous commentary of Sahih Bukhari Sharif, in 18 volumes, great muhaddis of his time, and his whole day is occupied in this, as his his busy teaching hadith, or writing hadith, recording, etc. But when he would stop now to sharpen the reed pen, because they would write with the reed pen, and you dip it in the ink, then you write, after writing for a while, then it becomes a little blunt, you go to sharpen it again. So whenever he used to stop to sharpen that reed pen, immediately his tongue would start off with subhanallah, alhamdulillah wala ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar he says why should I let this time go in vain because now while I am busy sharpening this reed pen is going to take one minute, two minutes I cannot be engaged in recording hadith at that time or reading hadith etc because I am busy looking at this but I can keep my tongue engaged in zikr so even those moments 
which itself, that sharpening of that reed pen, because it was for the sake of writing hadith, that too was an act of sawab. While he was busy sharpening that pen, for the sake of deen, and for the sake of the work of deen, he was getting rewarded on that act also. But he said, why should I leave my tongue idle? Why do I not keep my tongue engaged in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance? Because once, subhanallah, it comes in the hadith, it's greater than Mount Uhud in reward. One Alhamdulillah, greater than Mount Uhud in reward. One Allahu Akbar, greater than Mount Uhud in reward. Now, how many moments we just let go without taking such great rewards? Whereas if we recited Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar, while doing our work, while doing something in between, every now and again, we brought these beautiful kalimat, these beautiful words, these such great words of Allah Ta'ala and we brought this Mubarak words on our tongue what great rewards and we've made that time profitable we are driving somewhere in our moving we are going uh, home in our transport coming back coming to Madesa in the morning so we used some time for the sake of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala now we've made that time valuable and that time will become a great boon and blessing for us but all the time, no, you've got to relax now. You've got to now chatter away. You've got to now keep jabbing away. Maybe that's a better word. Because that's what we do. At that, when we keep just chatting away, what we are doing is we're jabbing. Jabbing, in, actually, better than that will be stabbing. We're stabbing these moments of time. We're letting it bleed to death. So that idle chatting, and Allah forbid, if that becomes goes into the ring of haram. And that's what happens normally in all these chattings. Illa mashallah. There are all kinds of haram chatting starts and all. So we need to stay far away from all these media, from all these social media. and Don't even have these things. Don't even have that WhatsApp because Allah knows best what starts happening after that. So don't have these things. Stay far away from it. Don't become part of groups because when you become part of groups, you might not have the wrong intention. But somebody will start posting something and that might become a stamp, you know, when you post something, nowadays there's no more stamps now, because everything is now all electronic. But Allah knows best, it mustn't become a stamp of Jahannam on that post. So you might not have any wrong intention, but now somebody starts posting something, some haram, you're getting caught in it. They're starting to post some vulgarity, you're getting caught in it. Or they are suggesting things which are incorrect, you're getting caught up in it. So you've got to stay far away from these things. And when we will stay far away from all these things, when we will realize that these are not things to get involved in, when we will use our time correctly, when we understand the value of time, when we understand that this is the most precious commodity we have, the time. Now that time that has been used in some tilawat, in some zikr, in being of assistance to somebody, helping somebody in some way, then this is all the time that is being now being saved. The time which is being saved is this. If we now had been spending maybe say half an hour doing our tilawat of the Quran Sharif, Tasbihat, etc. One day we rushed up and we finished off in 10, 20 minutes. So you see we saved 10 minutes. No, we wasted 10 minutes. That 10 minutes extra which would have been used in the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, 
in a correct way that is saved because that is now banked in akhirat and that moment in time which was wild away in futile things and Allah forbid in haram things that has been truly wasted that has gone forever truly wasted so we can make tawbah alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala has kept the doors of tawbah open so we will make tawbah inshallah Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq of repeatedly making tawbah so the tawbah will inshallah remove the harm the sin if he sincerely repented but the benefit that we could have got by using the time correctly that benefit is gone that benefit will never be achieved again because that benefit is gone forever so what we have to focus on is that we make this time valuable how we can make it valuable don't regard any moment of time that could have been used correctly as something by the way let it pass no try and make it valuable say one tasbih utter some subhanallah recite some tasbih recite some some zikr recite one, uh, some small surah of the Quran Sharif do something profitable for your akhirat and when a person in this stage of our lives we will make this a part of our system will become habitual of every now and again reciting some tasbih reciting some something from the Quran Sharif while we walking some durud Sharif some istighfar and trying to look for ways of making our time valuable if we inculcate this habit from now then inshallah it will become very easy later in life and we will fa- find our whole life becoming very valuable may Allah wa ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq Allah ta'ala grant us the best of dunya and akhirat Allah ta'ala give us the correct understanding enable us to make every moment very very valuable Allah ta'ala save us from all those means and all those things that destroy our time and destroy our akhirat wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب